Hey, this is Adam Godbold, pastor of Faith Methodist Church. We're glad that you're listening to our podcast. And uh, the sermon this morning it was from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1-18, through 18, titled Strength for the Weak. May you recognize that you are indeed weak so that you might be strengthened. I invite you to turn with me this morning to 2 Kings chapter 2. And in chapter 2 of 2 Kings, we'll be reading verses 1 through 18. You'll remember a couple of weeks ago, um, we read the passage from 1 Kings chapter 19 about Elijah and how he had gotten to a very hopeless uh, point in life where he thought he uh, that all of Israel's hopes, that all of their faithfulness to Yahweh depended solely upon himself. He felt alone. He felt hopeless. And he cried out to God, just take me home. Let me be done. I'm no better than, than my fathers who are now dead. And um, you remember that Yahweh's response to him was, number one, the hope of Israel doesn't rest on you. Um, the situation isn't as hopeless as, as you think it is. But number two, I've prepared someone else to take your place. And there are plenty of other folks that are in this fight with you as well. And so the passage immediately following is when Elijah calls Elisha to come and to follow him, essentially to be his disciple so that he might take up, um, metaphorically, Elijah's Mantle, which he does also literally here in this passage in chapter 2. The word of the Lord from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. It came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And Elisha said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And so Elisha answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. You're starting to sense a theme here, right? And so the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. And while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? 
And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And so he saw him no more. And Elisha took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. Then he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Then they said to them, Look now, there are fifty strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master, lest perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him down upon a mountain or into some valley. And so he said to them, You shall not send anyone. But when they urged him till he was even ashamed, he said, Send them. Therefore they sent fifty men, and they searched for three days, but did not find Elijah. And when they came back to Elisha, for he had stayed in Jericho, he said to them, did I not say to you, do not go? Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. We thank you for it. And we pray that you would speak to us through it. We pray that you would help us to respond to you as we hear from you. We pray all of this in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You know, it's tough to admit that you need help, that you aren't strong enough, that you need a hand that's not your own. That can be a tough thing to admit in life, and we've probably all been there, guys or girls. We always joke about guys refusing to stop and ask for directions or look at a map or you know, look at the instructions when they open up a box that's got all sorts of parts in it. But we all are kind of that way. We're, we get obstinate. We don't want help. We don't want anybody else's help. We don't want a hand that's not our own. It's hard for us to admit that we're not strong enough, that we aren't capable enough. Too often we buy into the lie that God helps those who help themselves. We think that's in Scripture. Some people even overtly say that. Well, doesn't the Bible tell us that God helps those that help themselves? Well, no, the Bible doesn't say that. God helps those who recognize that they are indeed of no help to themselves that they simply cannot help themselves, that they are indeed their own greatest problems, sometimes even their own worst enemies. It's those people who recognize, I can't do this. I am weak. I am incapable. It's those people that God helps. You know, the gospel is filled with paradox. It tells us that those who are weak are made strong. The Lord told 
Paul, the apostle, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, I make you strong. The greatest possible strength that we find is found in seeming weakness. That's the, the, the story of the cross and the message of the cross. That in laying down His life, in making Himself vulnerable, in making Himself surrendered, in suffering, Christ does the greatest possible good for the world. He redeems it. Those who recognize their weakness can find strength beyond themselves. Elisha's call as a prophet of God came at the point of Elijah's greatest weakness. When Elijah felt that he had no hope, when he realized that he was empty, when he realized that he is hungry and alone and weak, it's in that moment that Yahweh calls Elisha to take up the mantle. When Elijah recognized that he couldn't go anymore, specifically that he couldn't make it alone, as a prophet, it's at that moment that Elisha is called. When it came time for Elisha to lead, notice that he recognizes his own weakness and his own need for strength. Essentially, Elisha the prophet says, I'll take what you're having, but make it a double. Give me a double portion of the Spirit that is upon you and in you. Why? Because he recognized that in his own strength, he couldn't make it. He recognized that he was too weak for the job. You see, humility is key. Elisha, for all we know about him, was actually not a weak person. He was a pretty manly man. In fact, when you look back at his calling in chapter 19 of First uh, Kings, he's out with 12 yoke of oxen plowing a field. Now, I've never done plow work like that. I've never even run a, a, a mechanical, well, not a mechanical, a, a, like a gas-powered plow or you know, because a mechanical doesn't have to have, you know, gas or anything like that. The what? Tillers. tillers. I've, I've never run a tiller. I've never run anything like that. But I've certainly never run an old school plow with 12 yoke of oxen. And when Elijah calls Elisha to come and to follow him, when he throws his mantle over him, Elisha says, I've got one desire before I follow. Let me just go back home and kiss my father goodbye. Elisha takes two yoke, or no, two of the oxen, and he sacrifices them. And they have a meal together. Everything we're, we're picking up about Elisha is that he's, he's a hard-working man. He's strong. He's very capable-bodied. He's disciplined. He's willing to leave it all to follow. But yet he's humble. 
He recognizes that in his own strength, he cannot do the job. He cannot accomplish what is needed for Israel. He cannot be a prophet of God in his own strength. And so he persistently is following Elijah. And Elijah finally says, look, you're starting to pick up what's going on here. I'm leaving. But before I leave, before I'm taken away from you, is there anything you desire? And Elisha's only desire is give me a double portion of your spirit. I want to be twice the man you are because I'm not in and of myself. I love how um, I can't help but read snark, uh, snarkiness in, in Elisha's comments. Notice that um, as he's persistently following Elijah, they get to the different towns and the prophet's children come out and they're, they're basically saying, hey, you realize what's going on, right? He's being taken from you. You know that, right? Like little snotty kids. And Elisha essentially says, shut your mouth. Yeah, I know, shut your mouth. Keep quiet. Don't talk about it. And then in the end, when Elisha is taken from him, then you've got the 50 strong men there at the Jordan who want to go check out and see, can they find Elijah? Maybe he's been dropped off on the mountain. Maybe he's down in a valley somewhere. and we, He's just away from us right now. Let's go find him. And Elisha insisted, no, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. And when they finally, three days later, recognized that, yeah, it was a waste of time. Sorry, we wasted the time here. He essentially says, what did I say? Didn't I tell you that? I told you not to go. I told you so. You can sense a little bit of attitude in Elisha. He is a humble, humble person. He is a person that recognizes that he is weak, that he is needy, that he doesn't have the strength that's needed for the job ahead. He is humble, and he recognizes also that, he, that community is all important for him. You know, the fact is, we cannot do it alone. We can't live the Christian life alone. We certainly can't do what God's called us to do alone. We, by necessity, need one another. We can't do it alone because, you know what? We weren't meant to. God didn't design you that way. He didn't design you to, lo- to, to, to be alone in the Christian walk. And He didn't design you to be alone in Christian ministry. And you know what? All of us are called to Christian ministry. That's not something that just a pastor is called to. We are all called to, to be ministers of God in our capacities in the context of our lives. To our friends, to our families, to our coworkers, our neighbors. We're all called to be ministers of the gospel to some extent. And we can't do that alone. We need one another. We need one another, hear me out, almost as much as we need God. Because God made us that way. That's His image in us. Elijah couldn't make it alone. He cried out to God, I can't do this. I'm at the end. And I'm alone. And Yahweh reminded Elijah, you're not alone. There is yet hope. Elisha 
dared not leave Elijah alone. You almost pick up um, a little bit of of what Ruth said to her mother-in-law Naomi. Where you go, I go. Don't even try to convince me otherwise. Elijah keeps urging Elisha. Here, you stay right here. The Lord's calling me on further. And he says, nope. As surely as God lives and as long as your soul lives, I'm coming with you. Three times the text tells us that. Elisha dared not leave his brother alone. And in the end, Elisha dared not think that he could make it alone in his own strength. I need a double portion. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. He says, blessed are those that essentially the world says are weak. Those that can't cut it. Those that don't have enough. Why does Jesus say these are blessed? Because the Almighty God is at work in them and for them. Jesus also said, watch out for the powerful, for those in authority. Beware if you have riches. And you who teach, don't get full of yourselves. Why? Because they have power. They have control. They have authority and opportunity and influence. And they therefore run the risk of thinking that they have it all together and don't need God. You know, it is, it is hard to honestly pray, give us this day our daily bread when the pantry is full, when the fridge is loaded, when there's plenty of cash in the wallet, there's plenty of money in the bank, and there's plenty of credit on the card, it's hard to honestly pray, give us this day our daily bread. But that's what Jesus is looking for. He's looking for those who recognize just how weak they really are. Because the greatest among us, the strongest among us, the most capable among us, the brightest, the most brilliant, the most talented, the wealthiest, we are all in the end weak and unable. We are all in the end weak and incapable. And Jesus is looking for those who recognize that great lack within themselves. That vacuum. Those who recognize their truly great need for strength. For despite outer appearances, despite how strong they might be, 
despite how many plows they might be able to run, with however many yoke of oxen they might be able to run them. Despite all of those outer appearances, those who recognize that they are indeed weak, those are the ones for whom Jesus is looking because those are the ones that He can transform and that He can use to transform others. Those who say, I can't do it on my own. I can't make it for myself. And I surely can't make it for others. And those who cry out, Lord, I need a double portion of Your Spirit. I need what You had in the heart of Elijah. I need that twice over. I need what You're offering because I, in and of myself, I'm weak. It's those that Jesus is able to strengthen. And it's those that Jesus is able and willing and glad to use in the lives of others. I would ask, are you weak? But I think we all already know the, que- the answer to the question. The question is not, are you weak? The question is, are you humble enough to recognize how weak you are? How needy you are? How desperate in the end you really are? Because when we get to that point, that point of emptiness and brokenness, and that point of recognition of just how empty and broken we are, it's then that God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Father, we pray that You would convince us of our need. That You would convince us of our emptiness, of our weakness. That You would convince us of just how much we depend upon You and just how much in our lives we ought to therefore trust You. Lord, we ourselves are like sheep without a shepherd. We ourselves wander and follow after those things that bring excitement to life, those things that pique our interest, those things that draw a crowd that everybody else is a part of and doing. But Lord, in the end, we are empty. We are weak. We are needy. We are wanting. We are restless. We're hungry. We're hopeless. We're weak. 
Lord, would you meet us in that weakness? Would you surround us by people who can encourage and lift us up and give strength? Those who refuse to abandon us. Those who refuse to walk away or to quit on us. And Lord, would you make us that type of person to others, to one another? Lord, make us the type of people who have a spirit within us that cries out, I will not quit on you. I will not leave you. Lord, help us to respond to you. Help us to respond to you with with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of ourselves. Lord, help us to give ourselves in complete surrender and, and in complete dependence upon you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. As the band plays, as Lindsay sings, um, feel free to follow along singing with her. Feel free to please come forward and pray as you as you see fit. And um, let's cry out to God and thank Him that He meets us in our weakness. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, Maker and Redeemer of all things, fountain and giver of all that is good, of all that is true, and of all that is beautiful. We love You. And we are amazed by Your incomparable goodness. We marvel at Your always faithful love. Thank You for the opportunity to worship You together this morning. In the mighty name of Your dear Son, Jesus. Thank You for being near to us and helping us to draw near to You. Thank You for strengthening us with the grace of Your Holy Spirit. Please fill us with Your love, empower us by hope, and make us unwavering in faith. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, You are always faithful and You are always good. Lord, we celebrate together today We celebrate Christy's birthday and Lindsay's birthday yesterday. And Lord, we thank You for life. We thank You for how faithful You are as the years move on in life, that You're always good to us. Lord, we pray for our friends that are hurting, for those that are in need. We think especially of Jeremy this morning. We miss him. We love him. And Lord, we pray that You would be with him, that You would help him to get over... um, this sickness quickly and completely. Lord, we pray that You would give him strength, that You would help him and help him to know that we miss him and are praying for him. Lord, we lift up our friend Jared who's ministering in Utah and we ask that You would be with him, that You would watch over him and help him, give him strength, and draw him closer to Jesus. Lord, we lift up Nettie to You and Lord, as she awaits the results of these four new uh, biopsies, we pray that You would help her, that You would 
steady her heart and give her rest. Lord, we know she's tired, she's weary, she's she's um, probably anxious and worried. Lord, we pray that you would be with her, that you would help Billy and their family to be a source of strength and encouragement to her. Lord, we lift up our ladies on Meals on Wheels and pray that you would be with them, be with us as we continue to minister to them and meet their needs. Lord, we pray that you would lift up their hearts. Lord, you are so good to us. You are so faithful to us. You are strong in our weakness. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world to destroy the works of the devil and to make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, having this hope, help us to purify ourselves just as He is pure, so that when He comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like Him in His eternal and glorious kingdom, where He lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Let us go in His blessing. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.